Coinbase's Monster IPO, we got competition for Tesla and Google with autonomous vehicles, and why you should care about the hottest investment trends, BitClout, NFTs, and the metaverse. Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalist jumping in the Thunderdome. Chris Freilich, first round capital, raised a total of $738 million across seven funds. Top investments include Warby Parker, Ring, and Roblox. Monique Woodard, Cake Ventures, Venture Scout at Lightspeed Ventures, Pipeline Advisor for SoftBank, and former venture partner at 500 Startups. Kathy Gao, Sapphire Ventures, which has $6.8 billion assets under management, over 20 IPOs and 40 M&A exits. Chris Quaidu, Griffin Gaming Partners, raised their first fund of $235 million to invest in game companies, partner at the Dorm Room Fund, and a world-ranked Halo player. Four venture capitalists walk into the Thunderdome. One comes out with the primetime belt. Who's it gonna be? Wait and see. IPO alert powered by M1 Finance. Coinbase, Coursera, Allbirds, and AppLovin are all set to hit the public markets. Pick an IPO that you're most excited for and has the brightest future. Chris Freilich, please start us Thank off. Thank you. I gotta go with Coinbase. It's the big monster everybody's been waiting for. When we heard what their Q1 revenues were, it just blew you away. It's almost $2 billion in revenue, almost a billion dollars in net income. It's just unheard of, growing at an incredible pace. And I think they're gonna get a big lift just from all the excitement over stonks as well as excitement over crypto and uh, Bitcoin and their timing is just perfect. So I expect this one to uh, be huge. Coinbase, definitely a big hit. Hip hop legend Nas is due to make $100 million from this as an early investor. So that's to be noted. Uh, Monique, who are you taking Look, here? Look, I've got Coinbase all day. I'm super long Coinbase. Super impressive financial performance, as Chris mentioned, um, $800 million in profit uh, in Q1. I also think this is going to usher in a lot more confidence around crypto, around blockchain technology in general. So we're going to see more investment, more technology, and sort of the increased consumerization of, of crypto. Um, and they had to come out strong. Uh, they had to come out strong for the street because this is a new technology. So you can't have something that is not profitable. So they did the exact perfect thing. We got two votes for the digital currency platform. Kathy, who are you taking here with the IPO? Kelly, I knew everyone was going to pick Coinbase, but I still had to pick Coinbase. Coinbase is the market leader. They have the brand name and they are a monster, as Monique and Chris already mentioned, when it comes to financial performance, right? Let's just start with the numbers. 9x revenue growth, um, Chris already mentioned nearly $2 billion in Q1, 60% adjusted EBITDA margins. I mean, it's just staggering. The business is growing and growing super efficiently at scale. I think something like 90% of their retail users come in through word of mouth because of that brand. 
Retail is the most, um, most of the business today, but what I'm really excited about is their infrastructure as a service business that they're building. And they recently acquired a company called Bison Trails as part of that vision. Bottom line, Coinbase is not just a brokerage for crypto, it's so much more than that. All right, a lot of stats there. Chris, Chris Quaidu, please, you know, don't tell me it's a clean sweep here. What do, what do you got? Unfortunately, it is a clean sweep. I have a caveat at the end though, but you know, as, as mentioned before, Coinbase is just massive, the leading platform in crypto. You know, crypto is a one, tri or excuse me, approaching a $2 trillion market cap, you know, extremely profitable company. Two thirds of the trading volume is actually institutional. So it's not just stonks. You know, there are some legit investors trying to get in the space. Bitcoin's going to the moon. Crypto's going to the moon. You got to go Coinbase. I have to say, though, AppLovin is one of our portfolio companies. So I have to give them a shout out. But unfortunately, I didn't want to talk to talk about them because of compliance purposes. Fair enough. Uh, since it's a clean sweep, I I'm going to come back around. Anyone second place winners here? Chris Freilich, I I'll go to you. Uh, that you liked out of these IPOs or any other upcoming IPO? Yeah, I'll just have to go with AppLovin just because of the name and extra because Chris is an investor. Monique? Uh, you know, I like Allbirds. I'm, I'm big on e-commerce and, and retail. Uh, so love love uh, Allbirds, love what they're doing, but I'm still super long Coinbase. Global sustainable footwear company. Kathy, what do you have as a runner up here? I think Coursera is an interesting one. I think the way people are learning is changing and there's a democratization of education. So uh, I think Coursera is definitely one to watch as well. Online education platform, mark one up for them. We're excited to announce our partnership with M1 Finance in creating the prime time portfolio. We're taking the insights from our VCs to buy stocks using the M1 Finance Super app. We're inviting you to download the app, the link below to invest alongside us. All gains from these investments will be donated to the nonprofit Girls Who Code. Download the app and let's make some money for a good cause. Too Simple, the autonomous trucking company is gearing up to hit the public markets and go up against the ever-crowded transportation market. The global truck freight market is worth $4 trillion and there's big opportunity for disruptors. How do you like Too Simple's chances amongst the competition? Kathy, what do you, you know, think? I think Too Simple is an interesting one. The founder is a Caltech-trained cognitive scientist. He doesn't have a traditional computer science background which I think lends an interesting kind of lens to viewing the problem of autonomous driving. But if I had to bet on one company in this space, I'd put my money on Waymo. When it comes to AI, any data scientist will tell you it's all about the data. Google has hands down, Google, the parent company of Waymo, has hands down the best location data in the world. And on top of that, they have data on traffic patterns, road conditions, and all sorts of data points that are relevant to building AI for autonomous driving. Google's Waymo, the data, the stats, that's all solid there. Chris Quaidu, what do you feel is uh, Too Simple's chances Yeah, here? so I think overall their chances are okay. You know, there are some really, uh, really um, uh, formidable competitors. You know, you have Tesla, obviously, just with their scale. You know, you have Elon over there. Uh, Waymo is extremely formidable as well. Um, I haven't looked at the numbers recently, but last I checked, Waymo was the leader in autonomous miles driven per user intervention, which to me means they have the best autonomous driving technology. Uh, Too Simple has interesting partnerships, one with Navistar, one with Volkswagen, one with UPS. These should help them scale. So I think they have decent chances, but I probably wouldn't necessarily bet on them at this point. Okay, Chris Freilich, do you agree with this? Yeah, I, I, I like the model that Too Simple has chosen in, in going after this with just long haul trucking and then kind of a point to point 
access as you need it to their service, which just seems like a very interesting, smart approach to it. I think generally long haul trucking is where uh, you'll first see massive uh, autonomous adoption. But as a Tesla owner and driver, I think they all exaggerate where where autonomous driving is. I don't trust it as a consumer <laughs> in my uh, vehicle, and I think it's always a little bit ways off before it'll be the reality. Okay, Monique, your thoughts yeah, on Yeah, I think there can actually be multiple winners in this category, so I think Too Simple has decent enough um, opportunity, especially you know against Google and Waymo and Volvo and Tesla and some of the other um, the other entrants in the category. Um, so I think there will probably be more than one, probably two big winners in the category. But I do think like this ramp up in e-commerce that we've seen has put us in a position where we need more trucks on the road than we have drivers and bodies to actually um, deliver. And so I think that is a good signal for the market as a whole. Are you going to pick a winner, Monique? You got one or two? Google Waymo. Okay, Google Waymo, which we should say is on the LiDAR light detection system, which is also with uh, Too Simple based off the LiDAR system. And also, Peter noted, Volkswagen is a minority owner of uh, Too Simple. Hot Sectors, brought to you by First Republic Bank. Hot Sectors, what is the hottest trending sector that you think investors should be placing their bets on? Chris Quay. Yeah, so I, I'm a gaming investor, so of course I'm biased here, but I have to go with gaming. You know, it's a $200 billion market. It's growing really rapidly. It's larger than the global music industry and the global film industry combined, and it's more profitable than either one. Uh, there are about 3 billion gamers on the globe, which is more than the number of Facebook's monthly active users and more than the number of Christians on the planet. You know, it's just absolutely massive. And gamers are probably more committed uh, than some people of certain religions. So got to go with gaming here. Let's give Chris a couple extra points there. He's throwing out some good stats. Uh, Monique, what are you taking here? Which sector? So I'm going to go a little bit different. I think a lot of investors are too focused on sector when they should actually be focused on people. And so, yes, I'm talking my book. But I think that demographic change is the thing that people need to invest more time and attention on. So aging category, people over 65 are the fastest growing group of e-commerce users and, um, you know, huge ramp up in technology during the pandemic. People of color, we're about to, we're on the cusp of a new majority where people, the U.S. flips to majority minority. And especially black consumers spend more time streaming video, more time on audio and consuming audio than any other group. So I think... Demographic change is a thing people need to be paying attention to over sector. Beautifully put. I think that's solid right there. Kathy, how about you? What do you think about the hot sectors? Yeah, my, my pick would be in healthcare. You know, 2020 was really a transformational year for healthcare in so many different ways. From my conversations with industry leaders, it feels as if a decade or even two decades of technological adoption was really pulled forward and condensed into one or two years, right? And the industry is massive. Forget about a TAM in the billions. The healthcare market in just the U.S. alone is in the trillions with a capital T. And there's so many different ways to place a bet um, in innovation on healthcare. And the money is already pouring in. In Q1, nearly $7 billion of funding went into U.S. digital health investments. One for the healthcare tech there. Uh, Chris Freilich, blow our minds, please. Give us something that we haven't heard. All right, I'm going to take you in a different direction. I think the hot sector is the metaverse. 
Uh, it ties into gaming, but it's broader. Uh, our, our portfolio company, Roblox, had a big IPO last month. It's now trading at, you know, in the mid 40 billions of dollars valuation. Another one of our portfolio companies that plays in that world is Rec Room. They're following behind. They raised money at about a billion plus recently. Uh, another well-known player in the game is Epic. They just raised a billion dollars today at about a $28 billion valuation. So it's a hot category that I'd recommend people look at. We have Roblox in our primetime portfolio, it should be noted. Uh, Mac Conwell was a big supporter of that. Uh, so those are all solid sectors. Any shout outs you want to give uh, Chris Quaidu of any of your portfolio companies in the gaming sector? Yeah. So I talked about App Eleven already. Uh, Discord's another, you know, just massive one. Again, can't talk too much about it, but there are Rumors publicly reported, to be clear, that they could be an acquisition target. So that one's interesting as well. I've heard that rumor. Monique, uh, any shout outs here of portfolio companies? Yeah, for sure. Shout out to Encantos, um, a media company for uh, being the multicultural Disney, which I think is going to be a huge opportunity. Shout out to them. Shout out to uh, Blavity, again, another media platform for Black Millennials. There's lots of opportunity in the space and it's, it's in all sectors. So super, super big and bullish on, on demographic change. Going full circle here, Kathy, uh, you want to give a couple uh, within the sector you're talking about? Yeah, big shout out to Metable, uh, our portfolio company and other portfolio companies, Lavongo, 23andMe and Fitbit. Solid companies all around. Canva, Substack, Masterclass, all hit unicorn status with big capital rounds while upstarts like Formation and Real World are building to create tools for upskilling and sharing skills. What is the most important trend that we should be focused on with the future of work? Monique, over to yeah, you. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been focused on the future of uh, uh, white collar work or the future of the creator economy. I think the next big thing is the, f the future of non-white collar work. So think, delivery drivers, think construction, think any anything that is non-white collar. Um, you know, and a lot of technology has not gone to this sector. So I think there's a big opportunity to focus on on service jobs, on the people who deliver things to your home. Um, how do you manage time management? How do you track time? How do you help people make money more efficiently? Um, and how do you how do you manage employee onboarding for someone who is not a white collar office worker? So the future of blue collar work or non white collar work is is my future work sector. Blue collar work it is okay. Chris Freilich, what is the uh, important trend we should be looking at future of work? I think it relates to training and it's cohort based courses. It's the idea of learning with another group of people and from them and alongside them more than just being on the receiving end of a video or even an online Zoom. Uh, we're investors in a company called maven.com that does that and I'm building a course with them right now. Uh, others uh, that you might know of would be Alt-MBA that, that Seth Godin, Godin's uh, uh, company and class. Uh, um, there's another one from Scott Galloway called Section 4. All in that plane in that space, I think it's a good one. Section 4, cohort cohort learning with the, the win there. Uh, Going to go move over to Chris Quaidu. This isn't a hot take by any means, you know, but I just think better options for remote work is going to be the hottest future work trend, right? Obviously, this stuff has accelerated significantly uh, in COVID. You know, Zoom fatigue is very real, though, and we need better alternatives. 
out there. Uh, it's been estimated that more than $100 billion is going to go into these sorts of tools that make remote work better. Something like a third of workers or more might remain remote even post-COVID. So this is not just some, some uh, fad that's here today and gone tomorrow. Um, one example of a company is called GatherTown. They recently raised $26 million in a round led by Sequoia at a $200 million valuation. Um, it also plays into the gamification of the workplace. So I think those are interesting trends to follow. Yeah, and you know Shaq believes in it. They did the SPAC with WeWork, so he's on board with you. Kathy, uh, future of work predictions Yeah, here? I think we're now in a period of, I call it employee renaissance. So, you know, millennial and Gen Z workers now make up at least 40% of the labor force and they expect way more than a paycheck, right? And at the same time, research also shows that employee engagement, employee development and wellness correlate with business outcomes. So companies are spending billions each year on development and wellness. At Sapphire, we recently made um, a couple of bets on this trend, better up and announced today, Degreed. Real World just raised $3.4 million to help Gen Z navigate adulthood which is super interesting. Uh, Ryan Genevieve, the founder. All right, so we uh, are very close in the finals. We have Kathy made the finals. Congratulations, Kathy. Uh, Chris and Monique did not make it, which Chris, Chris Quaidu, you did not make it. So Chris Freilich, you made the finals. Congratulations. Welcome to the finals, brought to you by First Republic Bank. NFTs are hitting peak hype cycle as Eli and Peyton Manning release eight NFTs while rival Tom Brady debuts Autograph, a collectible NFT marketplace. Outside of collectibles, what exciting technologies will be powering, accelerating, and presenting new opportunities for investors in the NFT market? Kathy, start off the finals for us, please. Yeah, um, Charlie, I think an interesting way to play the growth in NFTs is to look at payments infrastructure. Uh, I think mainstream adoption of NFTs is really blocked by the complexity of payments. Many people, at least today, probably don't have crypto wallets, right? There are certain marketplaces like NBA Top Shot that allow credit card payment and debit card payments, but there's also companies like Circle that are payment infrastructure companies that simplify away a lot of the complexities and allow customers to use ACH, debit, credit, and it really bright, uh, broadens the audience for NFTs. Okay, Chris Freilich, what do you think here? So I will uh, admit I might be wrong, but I'm, I'm more negative than positive on NFTs. And like, for example, with Dapper Labs, if when I first heard of CryptoKitties, I thought it was a little bit silly and really searching for a use case. But boy, do I wish I was an investor now that they've got Top Shot. Like, I think they really cracked the code on something there. Uh, I wonder if investors will and buyers will continue to be as excited or it will lose uh, the, the, the uniqueness or the excitement over time, which is my bet. But again, like I could be very wrong like I would have been in the first place with, uh, with Dapper Labs. I would have bet that you got some uh, crypto kitties in the past, but I guess I'm wrong too. <laughs> Facebook is testing a new project called Hotline. That's a mashup of Clubhouse and Instagram Live. Buy or sell Facebook's Hotline succeeds where many of their internal projects have failed. I'm gonna come back to you, Chris. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell. I'm, I'm not I'm not buying what Facebook is cooking right now. I I think Clubhouse has really built a special product uh, for you know based on the use case and and it can be copied technically, but I think the look and feel and the community that's being built there 
is different than what's already on Facebook. People are at a different place for a different reason. Now that may change when Clubhouse gets even bigger and Android is there, but for, for the moment, they've got some special sauce and I don't think Facebook is gonna copy it away. Okay, Kathy, buy or sell this uh, hotline. Yeah, Charlie, I'm with Chris on this one. I think while social audio is certainly a really exciting trend and the potential could be huge, um, you know, the success of platforms like Clubhouse are really not based on features or functionality that can just be copied over, but their ability to really foster community engagement. Uh, Facebook has pushed out features to mirror TikTok, Snapchat, and they have not been able to build that same type of community. So I'm very skeptical here. If I had to venture a guess, I, I guess Facebook is using hotline as an experiment to collect data on user preferences. They like data. That's a, that's a pretty good prediction right there. So I'm going to give you a point there. Uh, solid point by Kathy. And not to mention, uh, hotline is exclusive to iOS, not Android. So I don't know if one of you have an Android and that's why you picked it, but just throwing it out there. BitClout is the new type of social network that allows you to speculate on people and place bets on them to purchase their unique BitClout coin. If you had to invest in one founder's BitCloud coin, who has the biggest upside? And I'll just say that I'm on BitCloud, so I'm an option. You can throw that out there too, but I will uh, go back to Kathy. First of all, I think that's such a great idea. I'd love it. I'm definitely going to look into this. I think all the founders that I work with at Sapphire are phenomenal, and I cannot pick favorites for my own portfolio. But a founder I've been spending a lot of time with recently is Gaurav Bhattachara, who is a co-founder and CEO of Involve.ai. They are software for customer success. Gorov represents all the traits I look for in an entrepreneur of consequence. He has clear vision, he's scrappy, he has drive, he's relentless, and most importantly, he has amazing ability to listen, listen to his customers, listen to his employees and his peers. So I can't wait to see what's in store for Gorov. All right, Chris, uh, who are you picking on BitCloud? Um, I'm gonna have to pass up the obvious choice of you, but go uh, with uh, one of the CEOs I work with, at the company Rec Room. Uh, Nick Fight is his name. Uh, he came out of Microsoft uh, and building AAA games and building the HoloLens before he started uh, uh, his metaverse company, Rec Room. The thing about him that uh, I, I, I noticed from the minute we met is he always gives an on the minute update every month when he promises and he delivers and over delivers on everything he's ever said. So keep an eye on Nick. Okay. Uh, I'll give shout outs to Nahal Mehta from ENIAC Ventures who we've had on. He's on BitCloud. Put a little into him and Rob Petrozo Rally Road. Matt Conwell also, Rare Breed Ventures. I'm just buying time till I get to the winner of today's show, which is Kathy. Congratulations, you won today's show. Unbelievable. Big win, big win, unbelievable. The final word. Thanks so much for having me, Charlie. And big shout out to my other panelists. I had such a blast doing this. I can't wait to look back on it in a couple of years. And hopefully I was right more often than I was wrong. But honestly, that's the beauty of our industry, of technology and venture capital. At the speed of innovation, there's entrepreneurs out there right now building things that are not even in my scope of view. And I can't wait to see what those are. Um, in that vein, if you're a B2B focused entrepreneur doing great things, feel free to hit me up at Sapphire Ventures. We are always looking for the next company of consequence. Thank you. 
Thanks for watching Primetime VC. Remember to subscribe, hit that notification bell. We appreciate you. Hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up anywhere. We got the audio podcast, we got it all. Be a part of the community, be Primetime. Appreciate you.